Welcome, everybody, to today's One Million by One Million podcast. In this edition, we are starting a new series called uh, Thought Leaders in Corporate Innovation. So we're going to be having as guests people who are leading their organization's corporate innovation strategies. And today, every technology company out there, every enterprise is thinking somehow or the other strategically in uh, how to do corporate innovation in a meaningful, um, effective way. So we're going to have lots of these conversations. Our first guest today is Max Wessel from SAP. Max, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. So tell us about what uh, SAP's thinking is in the domain of corporate innovation. What are your goals, activities, strategies, structure? Let's just kind of dig into the programs. Sure. So, so let me start off with kind of the high-level description of what SAP is for those who are not familiar with the organization. Um, so SAP is Europe's largest software company. We also happen to be the largest enterprise applications business in the world um, with, with one of the most uh, robust or most commercially successful database and analytics businesses as well. Um, over the last 20 years, we've pursued uh, a string of innovations that drove us into new markets, most recently pursuing an incredible amount of growth in cloud application development and, and cloud application businesses as well as business networks. Um, so we're constantly thinking about how we take our position in what are some of the most complex back office systems in the world and turn them into net new opportunities for the organization. I mean, like every technology company, we think, we think of ourselves across our organization of 87,000 colleagues as innovators. Um, up and down, it's always the, the top priority. But defining that is really fundamentally at its core a challenge because innovation is so many different things. Um, innovation is incremental improvement. Um, the way in which we invest to, to build and improve our business uh, always, always must include that. We can't ever release a product and then fail to continually improve it and generate that type of sustaining um, innovation over time for the customers that have bought in and committed to our technology ecosystem. Um, but we also need to push ourselves into net new markets. We need to experiment with fundamentally newer discontinuous platforms. Um, and so when we think of how we organize our company, and how we make commitments to new styles of product development, we regularly try to match the, the activities that we engage in, the investments that we make, the investment models, how we deploy capital, how we deploy resources, how we judge success, et cetera, to the types of things that we're trying to achieve. And we have different organizations around the company. I'm the general manager of SAPIO, which is effectively an internal venture fund. We actually invest externally. We also invest internally in teams that have developed novel technologies or business models to attack new markets. And that, that's a wonderful vehicle for certain types of products to come out of the organization, but we also have a vibrant R&D function and long-term technology group that's doing all sorts of platform and fundamental technology research um, elsewhere in the organization. And so, so it's hard to answer that 
comprehensively with one strategy. Instead, I'd say yeah. as, a, as an organization, we have many different strategies for many different types of innovation. So let me um, start kind of separating out those different strategies and, and pursue each of them separately. So let's talk sure. first you about internal innovation and intrapreneurship. And you said your venture fund both invests internally and externally, and you have other kinds of internal innovation slash intrapreneurship programs. Um, so we'd like to learn more about that. In particular, what do you do to nurture grassroots intrapreneurship in your 87,000 colleagues within the organization? Absolutely. So um, IO, as mentioned, has uh, about a – we have a $35 million fund that's dedicated towards external investments, primarily at C's and Series A stage. Uh, the, the capital that we bring to bear internally would effectively be a virtual fund that's roughly twice that size. Um, so we make fairly large commitments on a regular basis to teams all across mm -hmm. the organization. And we find those teams in a couple of different ways. From an entrepreneurship perspective, we have a program that we've been running for close to four years now, going on five. Um, that program is uh, effectively, so we've had all sorts of ideation programs around the company for decades, but four, four and a half years ago, we launched a program that is aptly titled Entrepreneurship. Um, it is the Entrepreneurship Challenge globally at SAP. Um, at one point in the year, effectively what happens is we kick off a campaign. That campaign is started locally. We have a network of venture labs that operate in, in actual physical locations. SAP has development centers around the globe. And those, those labs will come to the employee base and they'll give them a series of challenges. You know, here are the, the topics that are most interesting to us you know, cutting energy utilization within, uh, within IT or data centers, um, mm -hmm. figuring out how to secure SAP systems, et cetera. And it'll be a blank slate challenge, effectively saying, here's the problem and what we'd like to achieve. Come up with a clever way to fix it. Build a business. Um, and mm -hmm. we'll create, create hackathons. We'll create environments where people can experiment. Um, and slowly, incrementally, as they develop more and more, we make more and more capital and resources available after, call it six months of working in sort of a skunk works nights and weekends fashion, um, if a team has gone far enough along, if they've done the types of things that you would see from entrepreneurs in the Valley on their, their so-called side hustle um, in your traditional startup ecosystem, if they've done all of those things, we'll come at them saying, for the next two months, step out of your role full time will make capital available for infrastructure, for marketing, et cetera, and get this thing off the ground. Go reach out to 50 or 100 customers, see who you can get letters of intent or contracts with, um, launch your, your, take your M MVPs and really turn them into functional prototypes, get them out there in the world and go forward. Um, at the end of that process, we have an investment committee that will commit capital between, call it 500,000, and 2.5 million, depending on how mature the team has gotten over that six to nine month period. Um, and so that whole process that we make available, the staged resources as well, really draws people in. When the, there's actually this promise, you take many corporate environments have this 
amorphous promise of if you submit an idea to a black box in your corporate portal, someone will review it somewhere and nothing ever happens. But the fact that we're continuously announcing multi-million dollar investments into teams has generated a huge amount of interest from folks who would otherwise be thinking about how to, how to lead the organization and go start or get an idea funded externally in the community or build a business that may, may not require venture capital. Instead, we, we at least bring them in, we provide them resources, and we get them moving through the process with us. Okay. I will ask you a few questions on what you've said so far. First and foremost, you said that you uh, collect a set of topics from your different venture labs. Now, um, what is the process of these topics being selected? Is there some sort of a... Um, you know, analysis of, okay, if we solve this particular problem, here's the TAM, and, uh, you know, we can build this bigger business for SAP internally by solving this yeah. problem in some nifty way. That analysis is done by your venture labs and provided in advance of those topics being offered, put on the table. So we generally identify the topics. It's actually a little bit, the venture labs are are effectively investment partners and scouting network around the world. The ideas that we pursue, they tend to be generated by leaders um, in the organization kind of all over. So we work with our chief security officer on anything related to security topics. We'll work with mm -hmm. the head of analytics when we're exploring new analytics opportunities. So they tend to be the subject matter experts who know kind of the technical changes that are occurring, the tectonic shifts in their spaces. And mm -hmm. we'll take the ideas, the general ideas, not a specific thesis, and we'll take them forward through the Venture Lab network and educate the teams on the ground such that they have enough kind of exposure to, to really start thinking about it on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, we don't do bottom or, I guess, top-down analysis to start because the reality is we could look at multi-billion dollar TAMs, but What's really addressable to a team depends on the, the way in which they're solving a problem. You can't look at the security market and then just say, hey, here's a $17 billion a year software market, therefore anything that's created in it is, is wonderful. If a team addresses just a small problem for application security for one of our businesses, the, the addressable market is just much too small. And so what we do is we instead come forward with these in these areas that may be of interest to SAP, based on a bunch of guidance from senior leaders around the organization, and we mm -hmm. allow teams to develop those perspectives into what the most interesting way to enter that market might be. We only, only analyze how big that tack in would be after the teams come forward to us. Okay, so now when the team has come forward, is the team required to present a business case analysis first, or is the team doing um, hackathon-style development first? Um, so they tend to do a very light back-of-the-envelope business case, nothing mm -hmm. substantive. Um, we, we teach people to think via analogy. So if you're building a tool to get into the kind of recruitment services market or start to automate what recruiters would otherwise do for large organizations, the question is, 
what's the scope of the businesses that have been launched like that before. You don't have to develop an in-depth business plan, but you have to have some conviction, or we, we hope that you have some conviction that this is actually a big opportunity. Um, once they have that, they go very much into build more. Um, we invest a lot in teams. We believe that teams that don't overanalyze the world before making decisions tend to perform better, um, in part because there's so much to do and test that the more we can encourage our, our cross-functional leaders to actually get in market and learn by doing, the better. And who owns the intellectual property of these projects that come out, come up through the ranks? Yeah, so the, the IP is owned by SAP, albeit mm -hmm. we have historically, we don't have any desire to retain IP control or keep people from doing things should we not invest <coughs> to move a project forward. So we've regularly kind of allowed employees the, the right to go use that externally, should we not invest okay. to push the project forward. Interesting. You know, um, just a few comments for you and for our listeners, actually, to give you a perspective of um, how, you know, we work, we actually, our platform powers the entrepreneurship program at one of your top competitors. and. Um, I see a couple of, uh, you know, differences in the way we are doing it versus the way you are doing it. The first one is actually in the uh, topic selection and and the business case analysis issue. So um, in the in what we are doing, it's a complete grassroots um, democratic invitation to participate in an entrepreneurship challenge, which I, I imagine is similar to you. But then after the, uh, you know, after the applications have been submitted by the um, organization, you know, the, the various teams or individual intrapreneurs, we evaluate which ones are going to be receiving uh, the training to, on how to take a product to market because the hypothesis we have is that there are you know many tens of thousands of engineers very smart very high IQ people but they just don't have the experience of how to take a product to market and the nuances of how to do that or how to even anal analyze a business case so they're given training to do that and that's something that we participate with them in and then they're um, asked to submit their ideas and they're not really they're given a broad topic um, area like cloud for example is you know broadly the interest area in this case but not uh, not more specific guidance than that but as a result there's a diverse set of projects that are coming out of this process and being fleshed out including a very extensive customer validation pricing model business model analysis and TAM analysis, market sizing analysis. And um, so I'm, I'm just sure. observing so, that. So, so, yeah. so we, I, should, I shouldn't discount. So we have about 10,000 employees a year who engage with our educational content. 
And we have mm -hmm. all sorts of e-learning associated with this as well as a relationship that we've been developing with Stanford as well from a, kind of an executive and ongoing education perspective. Um, but I would say one of the core tenets of our approach is, so first, as, a, as someone who's founded multiple venture-backed startups, um, my, my general take is that it, it, what we have found at SAP is there's a tendency to overanalyze and, and build very in-depth business cases based on a number of assumptions that generally don't prove true. Um, and so it, when I started my career, I started my career at the Boston Consulting Group, and the Boston Consulting Group is famous for having wonderfully intelligent, business-savvy people who develop models that are filled with false precision. And so one of the reasons that we encourage people through this project process not just to kind of go through and engage in continuing education, but really test product in market very quickly um, and have a, hypo a loose hypothesis and a set of assumptions that they're really trying to validate very early on, and again in this staged model, is because what we want to do is at the point where we make a major capital commitment, as any VC would, you want to move from an understanding, an academic understanding to, of the market to really validated assumptions. Um, and so we So we our model is actually complete com customer immersion. It's a one-year program. Each person who gets to be part of the program is a one-year program, including side-by-side -side methodology training, customer immersion, customer validation, business model validation, pricing model validation, and TAM analysis. So it's not in vacuum at all. And, and it's, that, you know, that. I think... It has been incredibly effective the way uh, we, I mean, I'm sure your program is very effective. I'm just comparing notes, and that's the whole point of these discussions is to, to understand what are the different processes that are working. Sure. So let's uh, switch gears and talk about your external innovation methodology. What, uh, what are you practicing? And, and in fact, we, when, you, when SAP launched HANA, we actually worked with the team that launched HANA on um, on some of that work. So I'm curious, this was several years ago now, but I'm curious on what's happening in terms of methodology evolution there. So we're, we're substantively committed to our ecosystem. Um, over the last few years, we've pushed very deeply into driving development of open APIs across our cloud portfolio. Um, and with that, the IO fund, again, as I mentioned, a $35 million fund that does seed stage venture investment is focused primarily on engaging. Again, we don't care what the underlying technology platform is because mm -hmm. our customers benefit when anyone enriches our application suite. Um, so what we do is we have a network of accelerators around the world. We've partnered with Techstars, The Junction, um, as well as built another a number of uh, accelerators ourselves in Berlin, Tel Aviv, New York, San Francisco, um, and slowly expanding that footprint. Um, where we will really just work with any, any startup that, that meets a certain threshold of kind of underlying customer traction to build relationships into the SAP product management base as well as with our customers. Um, again, we have all sorts of educational programs. There are lots of capital and expertise made available. Um, typical check size, as I mentioned, for the seed fund is between 100,000 and 250,000. 
Um, we invest alongside some of the kind of best names in enterprise technology. Um, we also, from an external perspective, uh, I'm sure you know this from the work with HANA, um, SAP has spun out in 2011 uh, venture funds by the name of Sapphire Ventures. Sapphire yeah. manages about $2.5 billion in assets, um, primarily for SAP, albeit uh, it's multi-LP at this point. Um, and so there we work a lot to, to kind of make sure we have robust coverage across the application ecosystem in, in enterprise apps. So we, we engage late stage startups, we help build relationships um, across SAP and the ecosystem as well as across SAP customers and the, the Sapphire portfolio. So let's, um, on this one, let's focus on your 35 million seed and series A activities. Um, mm -hmm. When you say you want to see some level of customer attraction before you are willing to put in a seed investment, can you define that for us? What does that what does that look like in your mind for a company to for a startup to qualify for your seed investment? What kind of traction are we talking about? So I think traction to from a seed investment perspective, traction would be defined actually based on category. So there are some great deep technology businesses where you invest from a from a seed perspective earlier on without necessarily a great deal of customer revenue. If you're talking about something that's a traditional SaaS application, you know, for a, for a seed, a traditional seed round, you may want a few hundred thousand in revenue because you want to mm -hmm. demonstrate repeatability if there's not strong technological yep. differentiation. Um, well, I should specify our accelerator network. So this fund and the foundry are separate. And the foundry network, which is the accelerators we've built around the globe, do not write checks to make investment. We just make expertise and cap uh, sorry expertise and space available. Um, and there, there's no similar kind of revenue or traction threshold because again, we're not committing capital over a decade-long period of time. Okay, and um, in terms of areas of interest for these kind of seed investment, um, what degree of um, relevance do you need with SAP's current technologies or platforms? Does it need to be built on HANA? Does it need to be built on something else or extensions of something else within the SAP stack? What are the constraints? So the, there are no constraints from an underlying technology perspective. Okay. I, obviously, we would love for everybody in the world to build on HANA and SAP Cloud Platform, but we also understand that there are plenty of viable open source and, and open source components and cloud infrastructure providers that startups would want to work for or work with. Um, we, we actually look instead, instead of kind of requiring that sort of technical definition for what the boundaries are for investment or partnership, we look to enrich and empower startups that touch an SAP system somewhere, right? So if we have a cloud application like SuccessFactors or Concur that may benefit from something like fraud management or fraud detection, if you built a fraud detection application on somebody else's technology stack, we would still consider kind of working with you and supporting you as long as you plug into Concur and provide that service to Concur customers. Mm -hmm. I 
at the end of the day, when our customers benefit, SAP benefits, regardless of what the underlying technology decisions are. And so we want to make sure that we have an ecosystem of startup partners that continue to invest in building out around the periphery of SAP applications, regardless of technology decisions. And what, um, what can a startup that uh, chooses to pursue your seed funding offering versus any of the other, you know, five, six hundred micro VCs out there offering them funding, what can they what can they expect in terms of customer access and assistance with go to market? Yeah, so I mean I think we, we do an excellent job of making sure there's sponsorship from SAP leaders when we make mm -hmm. investments. And that means SAP account teams, SAP customers will have exposure from the top down to what the underlying startups are doing. Our activities in Berlin, for instance, um, we, we brought a number of folks through the SAP IO foundry in Berlin uh, that concluded at the end of last year, uh, December 6th, I believe. And by the end of that process, we had, I think, 12 POCs generated between okay. SAP customers and the underlying, the underlying members of that foundry. Excellent. And um, SAP, of course, has traditionally been very, very strong in the enterprise, large enterprise customer base. Um, mm -hmm. Can you comment on to what extent are mid-markets offerings or small business offer offerings are of interest to SAP? I mean, in general, I think we, we always think that cloud is a mid-market game. Um, in addition to the large enterprise stronghold that we have. Um, so mid-market is extraordinarily important to us. Um, SMB, we, all, we have a number of solutions. I mean, it depends where you draw the line for what is SMB versus mid-market. Um, for 50 or 100 person firms, we continue to see Business One, um, which is a product we've been growing over over an extended period of time, continue to drive traction in, in kind of what SAP would define as small businesses, but it's not a small business in the scope of a Square or a Revel Systems, somebody who can provide an end POS to a, a group of, you know, a team of two to three people. Um, but that continues to be a focus area for us as well. So a seed investment that has a, a solution facing uh, let's say the mid-size of the SMBs, like you said, 50 to 100 employee kind of um, SMB would still be of significant interest even in this mode. Yeah, I mean, I think underlying, uh, underlying that belief is that companies that serve mid-market or like kind of have the potential to grow from small business or mid-market into enterprise are always interesting. I mean, that's the trend of disruption, right? I serve yeah. non-consumption or folks who are over overserved, and I move up market over time. So we pay very yeah. close attention to what's happening there. Excellent. Now, uh, last question: What, in your mind, is SAP's biggest success out of this kind of entrepreneurship or uh, corporate incubation methodology? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a it's a tough question to answer given that we've been operating for for just a handful of years um, at the moment given the current kind of current approach. 
Um, right now we have a uh, wonderful application that is making kind of great headway in the uh, ge kind of geospatial analytics space uh, called Atlas, and then another great application called Room that's doing project collaboration around SAP apps. I'm mm -hmm. very, very bullish on both of these. Um, yep. So, so hopefully, I mean, I think the story is still unwritten, but we continue to add more and more users to both of these um, application environments, and we'll see where they can go from here. Excellent. Fabulous conversation, Max. We will start sending you some uh, uh, pro projects that maybe you may be interested in funding with sure. from our ecosystem as well. And uh, we look forward to continuing the discussion. And listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of our Thought Leaders in Corporate Innovation podcast. We will come back to you with more. Thank you.